This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I am your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. And we talk about OSHA compliance and a whole bunch of other stuff. So first, I want to thank you for being part of the show, listening. And if this is your first time, welcome. And I want to invite you to go ahead and subscribe. You're going to like it. Listen to some of my other episodes and you're going to really like this one. It'll help you. Uh, For those of you who've been listening for a while, just go ahead and subscribe. You know you want to. Hit that little button. And you know our going rule. If you've been on their show before, but if not and you're new, I'll tell you. Our going rule is if you're driving, you can't do that. You're going to listen to this twice. <laughs> you're going to listen to it one time while you're driving, get a feel for what I'm saying. And then the next time when you're going to do action, that's when you're going to listen. That's what this show's for, to get you guys to do action. So go ahead, hit that subscribe button when you're in a nice, safe location. Another thing that I'd love for you to do is, if you can, just go ahead and rate this on whatever service you're listening to and uh, do a comment. That'd be awesome for me. It's a great way to show that you support your show. And I also would like to just one more ask. Would you share this with a friend? That'd be so awesome. So it doesn't cost you a dime to do any of that stuff and it'll be really good for me. I appreciate it. This week, I've got someone really special. I've got a person that I really hold dear and near to my heart, and his name is Alan Wolford. Alan is an actual, like, just a gem of a person. Uh, He's done quite a bit. I mean, ex-vet, well, he's a veteran. (laughs) He's a veteran, he's always a veteran, right? And as well as he's a sheriff, he worked in you know Department of Defense as a contractor in Alaska. Uh, he's done all kinds of stuff. I mean, truly, Alan is is a wonder. All the things that he does, but he is a good man and a former student. He took my certified occupational safety specialist class back in 2013, maybe in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, at the time. So uh, we will talk a little bit about that course. Uh, Alan, after that, got into consulting himself, and he was one of the very first people to take my safety consultant blueprint course. I believe he was either number one or number two. Uh, If you wanted to see that course, go to safetyconsultantblueprint.com. But uh, he honestly has been in my life for quite a while, and I'm really appreciative of him. So we did an interview together where we interview each other and it was on his show and then one was on my show. And uh, I just want to give you a little disclaimer. During the interview, I mean, some of you may know that I am a full-time RVer <laughs> and being a full-time RVer, uh, my walls are thin. So it started raining. And uh, so this is what happened. I, I captured my actual rain sound and I put it on my board. So. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play this for you so you can get a good idea of what it is. So the sound is really quick, but you're going to hear this in the background in the interview. 
So when you hear that sound, that's actually me at my place in where we were at the time in Georgia and the rain was coming down <laughs> so uh please during the time period it wasn't long i did my best to mute myself when i wasn't talking but when i'm talking you're gonna probably hear that in the background right so just let that go Whew, it's okay <laughs> just let that go but i did my best i did some editing i did my best to get that off because the message was so good alan is like uh, truly one of these people and uh his website is mind in constant motion and his mind is in constant motion it's dizzying and the man is just fun i mean if you were to look up fun in the dictionary that is the picture of alan and fun smart and he is truly one of these people that has transcended where you're just thinking of a safety officer or a safety trainer he reaches his people he attributes a lot to me and i thank him for that but i may have given him just a kernel uh, or maybe planted a seed but he watered it he developed it with hard work and then he also delivered it so that's all him so i would just like to introduce the world again to the mind that i call just brilliant he says it's in the constant motion you also may have heard him on his podcast called diary of a bald man and his dragging up series and we talk a little bit about that i broke this episode into two parts so you're gonna hear part one today and by the end of the week i'm gonna finish my surgery on the other half of the interview and try to you know get away from this and go ahead and give you guys another part of the interview by the end of the week okay so uh i want to thank everybody for listening uh and i released it today on july 27th 2002 uh 22 not 2002 2022 because it's my birthday so here's a birthday surprise i'm gonna interview alan he's joining me for my birthday he didn't know that so anyway enjoy this interview i had a really good time here's alan wolford so sheldon where are you where are you coming into the podcast from today uh today i am in uh camilla georgia on purpose on purpose i'm at a buddy's house <laughs> it's really quiet but now that we're buddies, I, I've got a question to ask you, but I don't want to just take over everything because you're the best interview. I mean, you're the one that got me into podcasting. All right. The very first one I was ever on was yours. But I got to ask you one question. Yeah. Since you trained me on the costs, and I try to push that with a lot of people, why the hell did you give us so much homework? <laughs> That's just so your brain could explode. I wanted to see like scanners. Remember that movie? Yes. I, <laughs> I wanted to see like the veins going through the head and then getting that boom. <laughs> I laugh when people ask me about it and they said, what was it like? I said, you know, you were great. Yeah. You, you gave us all this stuff. And in the morning you tested us and then you went into the program. And a lot of how I train is because of you. And the way I approach the classes because of you, um, yeah, it, just because you were so good at it. Oh, man. It, it was great. But I said, when I went to the hotel at night, I cussed you in a, in a very polite way because <laughs> I was looking at that homework going, how am I going to Netflix? 
I, I'm not going to get anything done. I was, oh, I was crazy, but I loved you, man. It was a, it was a great class. You said that, Sheldon. <laughs> I didn't have that perfect audio thing, but yeah, I, I would turn up on my soap opera just so people couldn't hear it. There you go. Yeah, the homework is it's really just to make sure that once everyone gets through the week, it's uh it's intensive. And they actually do that class in uh, LSU and LSU stretches it out for a full semester. So imagine that you did a full semester in one week. Isn't that amazing? It, it was. I mean, I I looked at the stuff you gave us and how we prepared us for the next day. I mean, because the next morning, you know, you were just giving us, okay, let's take this and see what you got, you know, got over the night and what you learned. And it was great because it helped us prepare. I mean, it, it really was. And then when I went to take the certified safety manager class with NASP, um, the processes that you gave us and you trained us on really helped prepare for that and to be an outreach trainer. I mean, it was really good. Oh, excellent. And but I still cussed you. Oh. I mean, in a loving way. Yeah, yeah, as you should. <laughs> it's, it's homework. Now, no one likes that. <laughs> God, brother. So how did, how did you get into that? I mean, because your background in water treatment and water purification, how did that lead to you being such a great trainer? Actually, I was horrible. I mean, literally horrible. So much so uh, with the cost program, those of you listening is a certified occupational safety specialist. I didn't write the program. It's a program that's coming from uh, the Alliance Safety Council in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They've uh, been refining this class forever. I came on board with them in 20... Uh, you're like one of my first real classes. So it must have been like 2013 or something like that. It's uh, we would go back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with that class, uh, the I took it, and when I was a, uh, I used to be in the wastewater field. I was a plant manager, and then not only did they throw plant manager on me, but I was the safety officer, I was in charge of the maintenance, and uh, and at one point I was also what they called industrial pretreatment coordinator, and I had to do all of that at the same time, and I was getting burnt out, so I figured let me do do something different. And the cost instructor that I had, if you know Jan Belmore, she was my cost instructor. And Jan, when I did my presentation on Friday, Jan said, she got me to the side and said, I think you could do this. <laughs> and that's what she did. She said, I think you could do this. And I said, all right. And, uh, and I got there and you have to go through a five-step process. And one of the steps was um, you have to be monitored while you're teaching when just before they let you go and the person who was doing my evaluation who was in charge of the program fell asleep while i was teaching she literally fell asleep assessing me <laughs> that's how terrible i was that, that's crazy <laughs> oh man i was behind a podium and i called the podium the the the, um, the kiss of death is what i ended up calling up any podium and that's why from from that day till now i'm, I'm hardly ever in the podium I, I never stay behind the podium and what I was, I still remember I was teaching walking and working surfaces in 1910 subpart D and 
I was literally going through subpart D and that's before they made all the big changes with fall protection. But I was going through the, the sections and like if I was teaching um, the OSHA outreach class almost and very dryly and literally one person on day one left and that was it. He didn't come back. And then oh, man. when I was being assessed, she fell asleep on me. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah, so I had to switch it up. I decided that uh, they asked me to come back and do it again. That's how bad it was. And then I switched it up and I said, from now on, if I'm teaching a class, I'm going to teach it as if we're friends just hanging out. And I don't care as long as I'm giving them material that they need and I'm getting material from my class because I'm here to learn too. Uh, Then that was my mindset from that day forward. I said, I can't get any worse. (laughs) So I got to do something. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask you this, brother. And then please feel free to ask me stuff. I mean, because, you know, you're, you're the one that got me into this. Whole oh, yeah. Thing. What was costs based on? Because, you know, when we're in the U.S. safety professionals or other place, um, a lot of people don't know why there is a cost and cost some designation or, you know, class. And I have a hard time explaining that to people that have never heard it. Oh, yeah. Um, truly, the... <sighs> The whole brainchild came from a guy named Ryder Cobb, and I interviewed him shortly after you. Uh, You were probably like episode seven, and I'm like 160 now. So you were early adopter. I mean, you were like one of the first people I was thinking, oh, man, I got to get Alan on. Uh, Oh, I enjoyed it. Oh, man, it was just so cool. Uh, We kind of re-listened to that one, see where we both were during that time. (laughs) That was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. So with Ryder, he, um, the cost program was literally from his notes to his clients. And he eventually, uh, he created a system that he would have almost for, for compliance with his clients and, and some of the things that they really needed to know. And then that created the, there began the curriculum for the cost program. So cost is for compliance base to get you to really understand uh, hazards, recognize hazards and all that and how to mitigate exposure. But then it's just the CFRs, Code of Regular uh, Federal Regulations for you guys in the U.S. For you guys outside of the U.S., I'm not too sure what your codes are called, but for a U.S. based, you're going to be seeing OSHA and there's a CFR, Code of Federal Regulation. So a lot of people, they go through those code books and they are lost, just completely lost. So I took it on myself to learn I actually started with EPA, uh, Title 40, and doing EPA environmental stuff. And when I got into Title 29 for OSHA, I was like, all right, it's the same system uh, for regulation. So I could break it down like I did with the EPA. And uh, and for those two things, I, I used them basically as companion um, uh, documents, if you would. And the cost program is set up so people don't get lost when they're being confused or being confronted about a safety and compliance issue. It's just so you could be familiar with almost the most popular things you're going to get exposed to. And then from there, you got to take it on yourself to go on and figure out the system. And that's the teaching the person how to fish theory. And then the cost M is you're, you're set with your compliance side. And now you're ready to be one of those people that would manage a safety team. And you're the liaison between the boots on the ground safety. See, I'm using boots on the ground. I got that from you. <laughs> and then you're, you're the, the midway person from boots on the ground to C-suites executives. And uh, that's, the, uh, that's the differentiator between the two. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things I was trying to tell the guys, um, like when I took your class, the other guys were all roofing contractors. Yes. And I said, you know, I was the only one in there in the chemical and pipe industry. And I said, you know, it, this is predominantly known down in Louisiana and other areas. Hmm. So they assumed the cost was basically built for oil and gas, chemical industry, because of everything in Louisiana. Yeah. But I told me it was great, you know, because the I know when we completed your class, even though I already had the 10 hour, you know, got the construction and the general industry. So I was telling guys, this is a good class for you because you get both both the training forum on construction. We did uh, behavior based safety. We did we went into so many different things. So when construction was over and the guys were going into general industry, you know, they had knowledge on both. Yeah. And, and so as they were bringing the plan up live, I said, this is an amazing class. You need to take it. Yeah. And I love the uh, generally with the class, we like to do a day one where it's like uh, day one where you just say, where are you now in your safety knowledge? And we give them a zero to ten. I can't remember your number, but you're probably pretty high, I would imagine, because back then yeah, I think it was out of three. Oh, are you? <laughs> uh, but we uh, uh, at the end of the week on Friday, we say, what's your number? And looking at the students and they get their um, get their new number. They and this is self given. And you're like, oh, well, I started out at a four, but we're through this week. I've learned a lot. I think I'm a six yeah. now. And I'm like, all right, cool. So that's the, the give it for me. And I love still teaching. I I I've um, like. Let's see, September. Usually I start my calendar for 20 for the next year. So I'm thinking about that now. And I try to get, I try to stay booked maybe six months or so ahead of time. So uh, when I schedule, I always schedule costs and cost M first. And then I'll start working on my other things that I do for my, for my business. But I, I love teaching because all of the students, and you're probably feeling this too, because you've been teaching so much yourself. The energy from students learning, that learning mode energy is something that you could, if you could bottle that and, and just keep it whenever you're feeling down and open up that energy for new, new learner energy. That's, that's the thing that keeps me driving. You know, that was one of the things I enjoyed about you, even though we had a small class at that time, you know, the positive energy you put into it and, you know, the, like I said, it was a small group, but you could feel that these guys were really involved in it, that they were really wanting to participate and learn and then take it back. But uh, Did I? one thing, when I get a really engaged class, you're right. It just, it just powers me through the day. Did I end up like, uh, like maybe subconsciously, like, um, I don't know, I shouldn't say cursing you, but in any way, but I'm just thinking for a subconscious, since you took my class and you got influenced by me, I bet you now every class you do, you have to give energy. Did I, did I mess that up for you now forever? <laughs> no, not a bit. I mean, again, the, the two things I apply you know, is the way you set up our class, the way you tested and challenged us and, you know, got us involved and say, Alan, what would you do if this, you know, you didn't just throw it out. You made sure we got engaged. I yeah. mean, you did so good at that. And then the stuff I learned with Eric Gislason and NASP was how to add to what you'd already provided, you know, using pedagogy and all the different teaching dynamics. Mm -hmm. But every time I do a class, it always comes back to you. It always has. Wow, Same I appreciate thing. that. 
No, same thing with my consulting. You know, when I started doing the consulting and you were doing the consulting training and you had your videos and the information, you know, that's one of the things I absolutely love about you is everything you do is to help build that person up, not take it away and take ownership and say, I generated that. You're like, you're going to do this. You'll do well. <laughs> you follow your program, plan this out. You know, and, and you just get positive energy. You always have. I appreciate that. And I um, I remember when you decided to get into the consulting side, that was awesome, too. Uh, forgive my uh, my pulsing. I'm trying to uh, <laughs> I'm trying to match my noise gate because we just got rain over here. So you oh, guys. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were mixing a smoothie <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm in a. Uh, oh. I don't know if you and your audience know, but, you know, well, you know, but your audience doesn't know. I'm a full-time RVer, so uh, anything, background noise or anything, I don't have, like, brick walls. <laughs> so you're going to hear it in the background. And that's always challenging when you're teaching a class. I had a question before I finished another thought, though. I just, it just hit me. Um, for you... Did you, when you, when you had to transition into training, did you also, well, you still learn, I I always see you as learning and you're constantly learning. Uh, How did you change your teaching styles? Well, like I said, after I got trained by you, you know, on the knowledge and the sides and everything and uh, learning BBS and the NASP thing, um, I notice when I do training like for general industry over construction, I base it off that because I see how a lot of the guys would react. Oh my God, this is my fifth site safety class. So, you know, I've had lockout tag out. I, I would start the class with humor to see who responded to that, who looked sour. You know, uh, I'd use clips from the office or I'd show video clips off YouTube to gauge the room's reaction before I trained see who had the board mindset before we began the actual class. And, uh, yeah, I, I'd use that shock, what they call the shock and awe method, you know, either shock them and get them awake or, awe, you know, get those good feelings going in. And then I'd say, how many of you had this class for your fifth or sixth time? And, because you're going to be the one I'm going to ask for help. And you call me out when I make a mistake. And that, that's what I still do. And it works. I was given a class, I want to say two weeks ago in Fort City, North Carolina. And uh, one of the guys, it was a confined space class. And one of the guys said, man, I've had confined space training three, four times now. I said, great. What is the minimum oxygen level? And he gave me that, you know, he said 19.5, 23.5. Okay. What's the percentage for H2S? You know, if you're, if you got that monitor that reads that. And he gave that, and the guys were like, wow, that's good. I said, you can go to sleep for the rest of the class. They're, I'm not going to teach you anything new. Not only stayed awake, but when I'd say, hey, you know, prior to going into the confined space, you know, how long should you ventilate, depending on this? Is it permit required? And he was so engaged, told me he didn't have to be, and he thought he was going to miss something. <laughs> so I have been challenged lately. Did you read Todd Conklin and uh, and Sidney Decker's book that's out there called Do Safety Differently? No, I haven't seen that yet. It is amazing. It's stuff that I've, I've known instinctively, but generally they're saying um, in the book is 
Well, for instance, let's say someone comes in and they're not wearing their seatbelt and you're catching them again on that forklift without their seatbelt and now it's right up time. So their approach to safety is a little bit different. It's like, well, let's now figure out, you know, what's that individual and the organization doing together and the human organization performance is, is that idea, but they went even further and says the reason that a lot of that's happening is because of um, the organization has stopped learning. The organization as a whole has stopped learning about their employees, stopped learning about what things have happened that works for us, and they're focusing on things that, um, like the 10% situations, 10% of the time, or maybe even less, 2% of the times you get yourself an incident, and the whole safety department is revolved around those 2% of the things, instead of, let's focus on the 98% and get more of that. Uh, and that's the Safety Differently book, and they spell it out for you, and I was, I don't know, it was really, um, it's something instinctively you wish that you could see more people do because you know it's right. You know, yeah. you feel it. You feel it's right. Yeah, but you know what? I, I've seen, and I love Todd Conklin, but, you know, you'll have different people will say, hey, this is great information. You know, Todd Conklin, Sam Goodman, whoever they're looking at. But then they say, this will not work in my organization because they're not conducive. They're, we, we don't communicate that well. Um, some of the people say, no, we, we've got to do it this way because we paid for this program. We don't want to change it because it's been like this for a while. And, you know, the guys are going, well, yeah, but look at your TRIR or your experience model. We're, we're having issues somewhere. Yeah. And their immediate response is, well, it's the people we hired. You know, yep. they, they don't want to learn. They've got bad traits from other companies. Yep. And uh, it's constant where it's always the employees. They should, <laughs> the poor employees, and they're constantly being dumped on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, every time I'm looking at somebody and I say, hey, let's review the accident. Let's see a root cause. Oh, employee did not follow uh, applicable training or did not follow operational standards and all this. And I'll say, okay, let's build the maze. Let's see why the rat went left. Mm. You know, and, and it was like the supervisor or environmental condition. They couldn't follow the written program because so much had changed and, you know, they weren't prepared for it. Yeah. Uh, I like the way you said that. Uh, why did the rat go left? Well, that's a great concept. Have you developed that concept yet? I've used it previously when I've done two other classes and they, they were strictly pointing at the employee. And so I drew a maze and basically it was their work area. And what we did is we took a projector, overlaid the photo from the accident thing and, and said, hey, what caused him to drive into that thing? It was uncontrolled materials. And they said, oh, he should have hit the brakes. He should have done this. And I was like, he couldn't, it was blocked by what he was carrying. And then I used it on another one where a person tripped and fell, shattered their clavicle and all, because when they had moved to workspace, they had all these drop cords and stuff that had previously not been there. But they blamed him for not stepping over correctly and lifting his feet, dragging him. It, it was crazy. But yeah. That I, is literally insult to injury. Yes, sir. 
Oh my goodness. Well, I also was thinking about that because just, just developing things like that, because truly in safety, you got to keep, um, each organization has their own uh, nuances, their own everything, including hierarchies and everything else. So when the workers are in there, uh, they try to fit in as best as they can. And then you're dealing with peer pressures. You're dealing with uh, people from home or to say your, your mindset is still at home instead of at work. And uh, you don't need everything else <laughs> on top of that being blamed on by your boss for your 1% of the time you did something wrong or 2% if you're really bad, right? Instead of your 98% of when you're doing stuff right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things that, that, that affects the organization and affects the, the bottom line. And um, the other part of the book is they say safety is uh, it's more of how are you going to find the 98% of things that the people are doing right and build the capacity to keep that flowing, to keep that going. So instead of safety being monitoring and, and looking for all the things that people are doing wrong, you look for things that are people doing right and repeat. Now you could go to production, you could go to quality, you could go to all the other departments, partner with them and say, what is a good quality control thing that we should be looking for? And then eventually it's probably going to partner with safety and health at the same time. So production goals, quality goals, safety goals will all be the same uh, through active learning, asking the workers. I like that there. active learning. I will. Yeah. It's great. Really Hi, this is Sheldon Primus with Safety Consultant with Sheldon Primus. That's the podcast that helps you learn the business of being a safety consultant. I'm going to continue that tradition right now with Safety Consulting 101. This is the second annual Safety Consultant 101 that we're going to do. And I am going to go over everything to finding your perfect client, choosing the name that will fit and resonate with that client. We're going to learn how to write proposals. Can I have a one-on-one time for those people who would like to speak with me one-on-one and time to reflect about what we learn? Learn about partnerships and CEUs and how to use those to boost your business learn about event coordination, email marketing, and even instructional design. That's Safety Consulting 101. To find out more information about the event, go to viewstub.com forward slash safety consulting 101. That's viewstub.com forward slash safety consulting 101. This episode has been powered by Safety FM. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast or broadcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within the past hour are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast or broadcast may be reproduced, stored within a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast or broadcast, Sheldon Primus.